0: Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Steam Up the Classroom, and today I am podcasting with Jamie from Making It, and I'm so excited if you listened a few episodes ago, I had Egan on, so this is really exciting that I have someone else from Making It, which is the best tv show out there I, i've been re-watching it um during social distancing anyone else, <laughs> else out there is social distancing making it is a great show to stay grounded and to stay motivated so anyway um jamie thank you so much for joining um you're joining via zoom all the way from oregon so this is pretty awesome
1: Great, yeah, thanks for having me on for sure. Um, Artists and scientists, we've been social distancing for years, so uh, (laughs) we might be a little more natural to it, but uh, it's exciting to get something out there and uh, give something for people to listen to during this.
0: Yeah, Um, all right, so how about you tell us a little bit about yourself and your story, kind of who you are?
1: Okay, great. Yeah, my name is, I'm Jamie Hudson. Um, Season two of Making It. That's my new uh, name. I start saying now when I walk around town, whether (laughs) people want to hear it or not. Um, I'm, I'm I've got a really crazy backstory. I think uh, that was probably one of the more uh, unusual people that pop up on that show. I've got an actual PhD in chemistry. I did um, particle uh, kind of accelerator stuff when I was an undergrad. I'm actually a nuclear chemist. And then I went to graduate school at Cornell and I uh, got into electrochemistry and surface chemistry, which is relevant to these days, and um, have been uh, kind of worked a lot in that. I worked through doing a lot of microscopy, uh, scanning tunneling microscopy, um, scanning electron microscopy, focused ion beam microscopy. If there's a microscopy, I've uh, done it probably. Wow. And um, somewhere along the way, I, uh, I found myself running a solar metrology company, uh, meaning that all the solar cells and things that come off a solar um, production facility would go through our equipment and we'd look at for certain types of defects and things like that. Um, I have always been a little bit the guy in the back of the science class, you know, doodling in the margins of my uh, book and uh, writing, you know. I, I think I wrote a paper in college about um, the structure of ice, which is really very fascinating, but of course quoted Kurt Vonnegut's uh, Ice Nine in there and things like that. So there was always some indication that maybe I was a little uh, different. Um <laughs> Not a bad thing. (laughs) (laughs) But somewhere along the way, I guess, uh, my my wife, who is an artist, and I um, kind of on the side started kind of messing around with some of our little projects and things, and uh, sort of in a very random set of circumstances, it it, uh, helped or maybe didn't help, I guess, that um, the solar company I was running was faltering during kind of a solar oversupply phase, and I stepped out of that and started running this other very strange little company with my wife, and it's a lot more on that kind of lifestyle end of things. It's a lot more fun um and uh and we've been kind of doing it and through that i found myself on making it which was definitely a surprise uh found myself being called an artist which i still just just makes me giggle every time somebody (laughs) says that it's so unlike and um and uh, you know generally just just having a lot of fun and and really genuinely enjoying that that kind of connection with people around these topics and and, kind of you know pushing the Increasingly, I'm really excited for that day of kind of pushing that that synergy between um, between science and art because I, I think it's it's a very rich world out there. In fact, it, you, some would argue the entire internet is that kind of combination.
0: That's um. I mean, when you came on making it, um, I was talking with my friend Mandy, who I talk about on this podcast a lot, and she came on the episode. came on, and um. So we were talking while the show was going. We were constantly texting back and forth, talking about every single thing that was happening with every episode. And your backstory made both of us scream because we were so excited that they had a scientist on the show because it shows so many viewers and especially kids that science can be artistic and art can be science. And it was just like the best when you came on we were so (laughs) excited nice and it was was was, they did a really great job casting uh season two with all just the different backgrounds and and um different careers that people had we were we were both super impressed with that
1: yeah it was it was an incredible experience it was this um i I think all 10 of us around the show had this thing of you know looking around and seeing nine other people that were wildly different and yet the exact same person. <laughs> you know, we all have, a, you know, when we started talking, it's just like we all kind of think and do things. We approach things in a very similar way. It's, uh, you know, it, it, you know, my, my joke of us being a little socially distant is true. Art is one of these things that you often kind of disappear off into a basement or, you know, the, the brooding uh, writer in the corner just pecking away and not talking to anybody. It's that image. And, and so kind of, kind of finding that and finding that little community was, has been really incredible. In fact, I, we, we've been texting today and we're talking about trying to do a little craft challenge or something like that, just to kind of put some more content out there while people are stuck at home.
0: Oh yeah, that's such a great idea. Yes.
1: So, um,
0: uh, well, what made you want to go on making it? How did you like, well, because I, they have submission videos, right? Yes. So did, you, did you just decide one day to make a video?
1: The they did a really good job with casting on it. And one of the things they did. It's just because it's such an unusual skill set. I think they're kind of looking for um, That they they approached us through Etsy and just said, I think it was probably a fairly generic call out to a lot of people that they saw and said, Oh, you know, your stuff looks kind of interesting. Would you be up for doing it and uh, and we thought, you know, well, I may as well take the call. <laughs> just at every stage, I thought, oh, I'll talk to them and then they'll find out who I am and that'll just be the end of that. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and, um, and so they sat down and my wife and I who immediately just said, not it, when they said that only one of us could be on there. And uh, at that point, I think I just, I mostly did it to impress my wife. <laughs> 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 just to prove I had some level of social skills beyond, uh, beyond just, you know, sitting in a room and then coming up with these weird ideas and stuff. So it, it was, it was a little bit like a lobster sitting in the water wondering, you know, It just kind of in every stage I thought, oh, you know, I just keep trying, keep trying, either it'll, you know, it'll work or it won't. And then, you know, sort of had the very real experience. I think, I don't know if they may have edited the part out where somewhere during episode one, I think I looked up from the table and it was just like, oh my God, I'm inside the television set. You know, and it's like, it, it was, inc- it was bizarre. And then all of a sudden you're talking to Amy and Nick and Dana and it's just, it's, it's crazy. So yeah, it was a it was a very unusual experience, and uh, as a forty nine now fifty year old uh, guy going on to that, it was uh, maybe even a little crazier that um, you know this hasn't been like a lifelong dream of mine or anything. But uh, turns out one of the things you find out about being on reality television is you're the type of person that goes on reality television, and um, <laughs> so. So yeah, it was it was just kind of a, an incredible experience. I to be really honest, I'm not entirely sure how I found myself on there. But um apparently I, I was more charming than I gave myself credit for. It.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you were amazing and I was so upset when you left the where you know you we were send home and uh I wanted you to go so far. Um I was big fan of you. And nice. not just because you have the same name as one of my sons, but oh. <laughs> I, just,
1: hey, I, Jamie.
0: <laughs> I thought you were so cool and I loved your story. And I and one of I think one of the coolest parts was how you showed um, your crafting skills through science um, and your robot Mark. Like, how awesome was that? <laughs> yeah, Mark. It's when they had Mark come around like every couple of episodes, just creeping in the
1: background. Yeah, I still like that. <laughs> i <I've> been tempted <laughs> just to do that. Still, just keep running around and hiding marks on the trees. <laughs> you
0: should. Nice. You could have. You could have a whole Instagram account for Mark.
1: Nice. Yeah, I think Mark might have actually become more famous off the show than me, but that's good. (laughs) I'm a a fan of uh, having automation, just sort of handling things in the background. So that sounds really neat. I think that kind of art and science thing, of course, is, uh, and, you know, and I guess I've spoken to it a few times, but um, I just, I've never really seen those as very indistinguishable. I think that, you know, uh, just, it's it's really creativity. and, uh, And I think that, you know, you sort of approach a problem in a creative way, whether you're in science or whether you're in art. I mean, when you, if you are doing art and you understand a little bit about paint and surfaces, and the difference between, like, for example, a hydrophilic or a hydrophobic surface and what kind of solvent might do what, just that little bit of understanding genuinely, like, opens up things and it starts to let you see other things you can do. So, I mean, you're using science every day and, uh, of course, it's all around us. And yet, you know, this this kind of idea that that's something that other people did and it's not true, you know, a little bit of scientific understanding goes, goes far. And I think very much right now, we live in a world where we're seeing that, that just that little bit of scientific uh, knowledge is, is really important to understand sometimes what you're seeing happening outside your windows. And um, similarly on on science, I think that that sort of notion or that kind of tired uh, idea that, you know, the scientist is just kind of a, a human calculator. Um, though I have, I have friends who are my, my fit that a little more closely. And I have had my moments for sure. But I uh, I think generally, you know, you're, you're approaching problems very creatively, you're looking at it, just same thing, different ways to do it, you've got this idea that maybe if you put these two things together, something else will happen. And just that process of trying to come up with the reaction, the the experiment, is, is very similar to how you kind of approach an art project, you've got some kind of vision, you sort of tack in on it, um, with all the tools you have available to you. And, and it's really just as simple as that, the more the more tools you have and in this case, the more, you know, kind of weird facts you have in your brain, just, just the more versatility you get one day you wake up and you, you feel like MacGyver, you can kind of, you know, diffuse a bomb with a stick of gum. I, I'm not going to try it, but um, that, that, that's <laughs> what you're doing with, I think both of those fields. I, I'm, I'm mostly, I would accuse myself of being kind of addicted to learning. I I've always got just a deep abiding fascination with everything. And, uh, and I've just, you know, generally found, never found it to be not useful to know more stuff about something. And I've, I, I, for example, I, my, my career took me into, you know, science because I was a microscopist and I was working in applications at a microscope company and very quickly, you know, they have marketing and I've always said that I was a good writer for a scientist <laughs> and, um, you know, we, we have our moments. And so I found myself off in the kind of marketing side and then, uh, you know, that took me into different places. And you know, ultimately I, I found myself in business school and a few other places, but I, that, that skill set, that, that versatility I think is, is useful. And I, I, I think emphasizing one thing over the other or, you know, kind of, scaring people my least favorite thing is people who are scared of math not people who are scared of math but that, that sort of concept that math is mm-hmm. something to be scared of it's it's just something you know it's a, it's a bunch of tricks it really is and you can kind of get in there and learn it and just at least a basic understanding will get you further rather than kind of approaching it as well this is something i can't do and then trying to learn it is just a different it is uh harder <laughs> to get to the end of that but, yeah,
0: yeah and even just what you were saying earlier um knowing different topics in science helps you be a better artist just like math will help you be a better artist and so many people have the mentality that there's there's the artist and then there's the um like the person that likes math and science and then there's the person that does reading and writing but in reality it they encompass all of the topics and subjects, just, you know, that's at least one of the things that I'm trying to teach my students as a STEAM teacher, and also um, the my colleagues and the people that I work with, um, trying to help people realize how it can all be integrated together, and it builds for a much better product when you do integrate it all and put it all together instead of having it siloed.
1: Yeah, I'd even take it a step further to the point of when you have kind of a deep domain expertise in one thing and you find yourself in a very different world. For example, you look up and you're on reality television, Um, you know, you sometimes just even how you approach a problem is really heavily based on on what how you learned it. And Mm -hmm. so sometimes just, you know, having that just very different approach to a problem can be the difference and a lot of breakthroughs just come from that. At the end of the day, most breakthroughs are people modifying previous things or combining ideas and stuff like that. And uh, I think, you know, if you approach, I mean, obviously there's a ton of math and art, you know, uh, when you sit down and figure out how scale and perspective and how you're going to do things some of us instinctive you know some of it isn't some of it is you with a ruler and a calculator and there's nothing wrong with you know approaching things that way so i I, yeah i to me obviously i'm I'm a fan of knowing everything and and i I, I always found value in those uh you sort of can't know too much uh people sitting next to me uh listening to me prattle on about things sometimes might disagree
0: but one of the reasons why you stood out to me um was when the show was airing um, you, all the contestants, you guys were all on Twitter and it was a great, um, experience to be able to talk back and forth. And one of the things that you tweeted back to me, uh, was, and you really cannot do science discovery without creatively approaching the problem, seeing something nobody else does than bringing it into the world. Kind of like an artist does just harder to talk about at a dinner party. And <coughs> I like, honestly, top 10 best tweets ever I want to put that on a poster and put it up in my classroom maybe I'll like (laughs) maybe I'll actually do that um I have a picture of you like with Mark the robot Um, (laughs) but it's just it's so perfect and it just encompassed everything that I have just been trying to help my students see and understand and it was just the best to, to have you say it it was what 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 is the word I'm even looking for like I don't know, satisfying wasn't like the wasn't like the word it was like gratifying like all of my energy that I've been putting into this with lessons for my students you putting that out there and um, being such an incredible um, creator and scientist and person on tv I was just like yes this is validation this is
1: perfect <laughs> nice, thank you. Yeah, that was, yeah, thank you. That's, um, I, you know, even in the casting, and they're, they're amazing, but they still, even in how they ask questions of me, like, oh, you're a scientist. So when did you first, you know, realize you were creative? And I said, you know, I, I don't know. I think probably the first time I had a thought. You know, I, did, I just, I, I almost don't understand the question. I think it's, it's, I think that's a, I think that's a way people kind of, people like to bend. You know, people take all these little mental shortcuts to kind of see things certain ways. And I think that that was my kind of weird rant on math is that that, you know, you you if you decide that math is a really hard and attractable thing, then I I promise that's what you're going to find. Because it it is a weird thing and not everybody has like kind of an abiding passion or sees the the real beauty in math. Um, uh, But, you know, at least just 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 dive in and try it and fail. I think that's the other part you learn going to school a lot in this something that all artists ultimately have to deal with is that you just you fail you fail horribly sometimes you put huge amounts of effort in something and it just it's a disaster but the next time you try it you're going to be amazingly better and in those in those things yeah you just keep i don't know, you just keep getting better and i uh i, I just I, I think that's true that when you look at the really great kind of thinkers and science and stuff like that what you see is a really genuinely creative person einstein didn't just kind of continue a pile of formulas and then come up with, you know, e equals MC squared. He, he really approached it with something different. He said, well, what if this is happening or how about that? And, and those, in those moments, that's, I think where the real discovery happens. And, you know, that's, that's kind of a, a quote unquote hard science where you're kind of coming down into formulas, but when you get into technology and innovation that, yeah, that that's everything. I mean, Pixar is really, it's, it's computer programmers kind of synthesizing with mm-hmm. artists and, and finding those tools and ways to communicate in that and finding things that, that are fluid and everybody now is kind of a creator and has access to all these just incredible art tools. Oh gosh, I don't know if I would have gotten through school. I have so many good toys <laughs> these days. Um, but uh, that, I, yeah, I, I think that that abounds. And I honestly, that's the world we live in science is just, just everywhere. Everything has got this big technology background to it. So you, you need to under, have fundamental understanding. And if you are in that space, you're going to be better off if you. Kind of think of a way to describe it to communicate. Think you know have that that deeper level of understanding of, of sort of how people are. Uh, I don't know, just the aesthetic aspects of it.
0: Yeah, and I think one of the the best parts about just the show and how everyone. Um, interacts on the show is it's you're really showing off those 21st century skills that uh, I talk about all the time as a teacher (laughs) you know um, being able to be creative and to put all of your knowledge together and to be able to work collaboratively even though you guys were in a competition you were still helping each other and communicating and um, and you know when they would Um, show the glimpses of all of the people that were helping you in the backgrounds. All of that is so much teamwork and togetherness. And even though you're on the show competing as yourself, you had such a, um, you know, an awesome support system behind you. And it was, I think that's like one of the coolest parts too about the show is just, it, it shows all of the different skills in a way that people might not see.
1: Yeah, I, it today. was definitely like I said. It, it kind of weirdly felt like you know nine parallel universe Jamie's sitting in the room with me. In some ways, you know, people with just wildly different backgrounds and stories and different parts of the country, but we really all had kind of a strange immediate connection. And we still, you know, this has uh, been a year. In fact, we were shooting I think about a year ago um, today, and you yeah. know, we're still we still connect and, and we still, uh, you know, group text pretty commonly, including about an hour ago, in fact. And um, the, they're very much uh, kind of family. And I think that the show was very much designed around that idea. I think it was kind of great British bake-off that, you know, yeah. they wanted to sort of keep a friendlier competition and kind of get the drama out of it. And um, because at the end of the day, when you're making something, and this is a little cliche, but you're, you're kind of competing against yourself. You know, you, again, yeah. you've got this weird idea in your head. I'm going to build a robot. And, uh, you know, sometimes you pull off a robot and sometimes you pull off a mailbox. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it's that thing. And if anything, we kind of all wanted to just just sort of like brush the whole like competition aspect on the table, off the table and say, why don't you just let us sit here for a month and just see what we can do. We'll build you a new barn. It'll be incredible. It's, it'll be amazing. And, uh, and you kind of got the sense that they were almost let us, um, they were super supportive for all that stuff.
0: Yeah, that's so great. Um so changing just a little bit subjects. Um as I said before, I'm a STEAM teacher and what would be some advice? A lot of people, obviously this podcast is called STEAM of the classroom. So a a lot of the listeners are STEAM teachers or um, some sort of educators. So what would be um, some advice that you would have or just, I don't know, words of wisdom that you um, would say to teachers who are trying to Get their students to be more creative or to integrate across subject areas or to you know be like you a lifelong learner. Um, I'm sure that that was a lot of your personality as a lifelong learner but maybe there's a way that um, if you were growing up maybe something that you wished your teachers could have done or um, something that could have brought you to where you are a little quicker or a different pathway or something like that.
1: Nice. I wish there had been more steam-minded folks when I was coming through school. Like I said, I kind of pretty early on, they picked me as the kid who could kind of, you know, come up with the math when they threw it at him and stuff. And so I kind of got paraded off towards science. And when I went off into Berkeley, um, you know, very quickly, my advisor was, well, here's the easiest English class to get through, and then we can get you back into all the science stuff. And that's largely what I did. It was when I was in graduate school that I just sort of picked up reading again. And I, you know, I and just started reading not kind of bestsellers or sci-fi or whatever. I just went back and said, well, there's all these incredible books that have been written. I started reading. And that kind of ripped open my mind a little bit, and I just started started down that path and i'd always been you know sort of fascinated with doing weird little things and projects and stuff but i think that kind of gave me the sense that this is something that was really accessible and i you know went through my kind of 20 something phase of hoping to be a a writer which mostly just meant i wrote angsty things (laughs) in coffee shops but um you know that that was the kind of entree when i showed up at a company and they were looking for some marketing i just down and i could write well and that you know kind of got me into that and you know uh trying to come up with the graphics, because I was a microscopist, I was familiar with programs like Photoshop and Illustrator. And so I was very able to very quickly jump in on those things. Um, you know, something that I kind of came to as a personal philosophy, probably within the last 10 or 20 years or something, is I fell out of the habit of saying, oh, I don't like that. You know, like, it's common to say something and I'll, uh, you're Massachusetts, so I'll say country music. <laughs> and, um, and the typical response is, oh, I hate country. <laughs> have you listened to all of it not all of it but if you listen to like really old really new there's you know just just take a minute and and just be willing like if you listen to it for a while and you don't like it that's fine move on but just take that minute to try it yeah don't just say you don't can't do math you know sit down and, and do math <laughs> understand it a little bit look for a way to learn it try and get better and in those things i think it, it it's It's kind of a cascading phenomenon. I think you just sort of find that in yourself when you start to kind of do that. I mean, I randomly went down the... uh, People always laugh when I put on my uh, Spotify playlist, in fact, because it'll just go from the most, you know, like sunshine lollipops to gangster rap to opera. Will be The three thongs (laughs) in the order that I start them in because I just, I bounce. If if somebody took the time to create something, I'm willing to take the time to, to look at it, I guess. And, you know, even if you don't like it, oh, you know, why don't you like it? <laughs> you know, just trying to, to kind of take that beyond that very first, you know, kind of smell test and turning your nose up on it. I guess I don't I don't take any pride in not knowing things, and I don't take pride in not liking things, I guess. I, I, uh, I, I just, I think there's just a lot of amazing stuff out there. It's a world just full of, of just stuff. <laughs> you know, go out there and look and hike and see it all and do it all if you can. That's maybe a little uh, overambitious for a curriculum but um it's uh I, I think just that approach of, of just giving it a try you know
0: yeah like everybody the first
1: time on a bicycle fell off it and skinned their knees and you know if you just went well there you go <laughs> I can't <laughs> ride a bicycle then there would you know be nobody out there bicycling right now
0: but <laughs> That's the reality is that
1: because a bicycle meant freedom when you're a kid you, you just sort of double down and, and and figured out how to make that work and um and I, you know that that approach is always there. So, and uh, you know, if you find yourself with, you know, a teacher you're not connecting to, or a topic you're not connecting to, then just at least you know take the time to explore, explore it in some other way, or understand it in some other way. And uh, for those teachers you're not connecting to, they'll appreciate that actually a lot. Just that if you are trying to find a different approach and things like that as well. So.
0: Yeah, or even maybe try and whatever the topic is, try and bring it into your life in a way that works for you. Like, make it real life for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, does that make sense? Yeah, I
1: think so.
0: <laughs> you know, like, if you're not connected, so I'll bring up math. A lot of times kids are like, why is this math important? Like, why do I need, even need to know this math? Well, maybe <laughs> figure out a way why you specifically need to know that math. Like, does it help you be a better artist? Does it help you be a better shopper? Does it help you be a better um, chef? Like, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. You know, something that probably influenced me a, a lot was that when I was in graduate school, I, you know, kind of headed in, I was a I got a PhD in chemistry from Cornell, and I was doing in the field of electrochemistry, which is... Kind of a strangely old but fascinating field and it shows up everywhere and you, you don't want to hear me to carry on about it <laughs> but um as part of that I got into this technique called scanning tunneling microscopy that um was invented by uh, or discovered or however you say it by Benincanar and they won a Nobel Prize in I think 1983 and uh just because it was a new technique I I spent a lot of my time working in the physics department um on it that's where it was a shared equipment and so I spent a lot of time kind of going back and forth between the chemists and the physicists and because uh Cornell is in I think in New York which spends a fair bit of time buried in snow mm-hmm. and uh graduate students spend a fair bit of time just in labs they you know, we we rarely leave those things that you um you know we were just right up against each other and what I started to realize is that you would often be in a conversation the chemists and the physicists and they'd be saying wildly different things but they would be talking about the exact pick- they will be talking about the exact same topic but using different terms, different approaches. It's amazing how much your thinking is governed by how you learn something because, you know, math isn't just, you know, writing down numbers and chasing the columns and stuff like that. It's understanding ratios. It's understanding all kinds of things. And Math is maybe not my best topic to get overly meditative on, but um, I, uh, I think that, that what you find is that, that people have all these different languages and really literally when you start going between art and science, often you're, you're talking about, a little more conceptually, but you're talking about very similar things like discovery, like creative stuff, but you, you're you so biased by kind of these perceptions that like an artist is, you know, uh, just, you know, i got a glass of red wine and a cigarette and is, you know, grumbling somewhere in France presumably with a beret <laughs> and a uh, scientist is, you know, whatever, Professor Frank from The Simpsons. Um, and uh, the reality is that, you know, they, they are actually doing something very similar. They're both, you know, kind of weird and isolated and, uh, you know, curmudgeonly in their way, but they're attacking that problem and just from different, different perspectives. And if a chemist and a physicist have had different a language, then, you know, again, just wow. And, and as you start to kind of, and I think maybe marketing did that as well, because I found myself marketing into, like, biology and some other stuff, and you had to kind of find that language of the way they talked about something, even something like how a surface is described, how something like, you know, wettability or, you know, even fairly abstract scientific concepts, almost different terms. Uh, I always joke, you know, you don't, somewhere in a really advanced physics class I took where they finally proved that the hydrogen atom could exist. I'm I'm a chemist. (laughs) We kind of took that as a fact on day one chemistry programs and so it was really odd that you kind of worked this very esoteric way through physics to finally get around because the, there's such a bottom-up approach whereas chemists tend to be sort of like biologists kind of top down this thing happening what's going on and then you sort of dig in to understand the details and uh, just that difference of perspective is, is really big and I think that kind of probably colored a lot of how I just I don't know just understanding that that people are often saying the exact same thing but in ways that seem so different that
0: supreme or something yeah that's i mean it's a it's a interesting perspective to have too and that i mean you saying that i feel like that is just so true to life especially right now you know i was i was doing everything i
1: could to not segue that into politics in fact.
0: <laughs> but people. i mean i'll say it people can be saying the exact same thing but a different way and if you stop to just listen to what they're saying, maybe you'll realize that you're both on the same page, you're just approaching yeah. it in a different way. You know? No, you can
1: really watch two people scream around some issue that maybe has nothing to do with anything, but if you really kind of go to it, they're saying, oh, my family is important and I want to protect them, for example, and you're like, well, you guys actually really, at the end of the day, you want the same thing, right?" and while you're You know, some of the details are a little different, or whatever. It's it's often, yeah. It's 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 striking, and it's. I think sometimes even in that understanding, and and without going overly into this, I guess. But even within that understanding, you can kind of find that that shared language.
0: Yeah, before we wrap up, tell me a little bit about Twenty Leagues.
1: (laughs) Oh great. Yeah, Twenty Leagues is uh oh, it's a lot of things. (laughs) We always (laughs) say it was a New Year's resolution that just kind of uh, got out of control.
0: I love it. It's so. I i don't know if this is I don't know if you want this word but I I feel like it's adorable that like it's just I love <laughs> <take> how it. <laughs> cute and like creative everything is.
1: That's another word I never thought I'd be associated with but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah it's uh, I, you know my my wife and I just kind of started it on a uh, literally I, I think we were sitting around and it was just you know like I just I feel like our life's getting boring you know I started to kind of I was in my forties. I'm just like you know. Is this is this it? I'm just gonna go to work, come home, we watch television, eat dinner, go to bed. You know, like or you know, just there's all this stuff is interesting. Let's just on the side. Let's do this little thing. And and our actual kind of agreement was that we were gonna be less boring without knowing what that meant. And uh, what we found in the in the process, and that's a lot of where this came from, is that we um, that we really liked doing the stuff together. That we worked really well together. And because I think you know she is uh, an artist in, in, in all the ways. And I'm a scientist in most of the ways, so uh, I think between that we brought these very different perspectives. But you know, it's, it's all around a, a shared sense of humor and all around kind of a just you know a quirkiness that I think is obvious in our brand. Yeah. Um, a little bit of cynicism, a little bit, a little bit from the '90s, and um, and yeah, and and so it, it kind of took off on its own, and it also you know aligned with like I said a few things of me finding myself kind of like oh, gee I need to really focus on something other than this right now and uh and and it just took off on us it was really 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 odd we just kind of made made one thing for as a for a friend made 12 things for a just kind of having a corner of an art show my wife was doing and then next thing you knew we were standing in a convention center we sold 100 things thought we had just hit the lottery thought this was the most amazing thing ever and now we you know ship out tens of thousands of things um a weird little stuff that you know for all intents and purposes just shouldn't exist in the world except <laughs> that you know, they're funny and cute so in that sense they should and Maybe in this
0: do you, you what do you use do you use a laser cutter
1: yeah um yeah we didn't start with a laser cutter actually when we first our original product was uh, a taxidermy magnet we go and cut the heads off of um uh, little plastic animals humanely of course <laughs> and uh we just mount them to a tiny little plaque and put a magnet in the back and we said taxidermy magnets and we package the whole thing into this um this packaging and it was just this kind of, it, it, I might be the one who's a little more detail obsessed. Uh, that might be the scientist in me. Um, and uh, and we the, that was the product we kind of started with. Through doing those, we kind of, you know, got to the point that buying a laser at some point made sense just to cut the tubes, cut the window out. And then once I had a laser, then boy, you know, I was excited to all the neat things I could do. And of course, because my background is heavily in things like equipment design and uh, stuff like that, I can, I can use a laser in some uh, pretty, good ways yeah and sort of develop this funny process of uh doing printing and laminating and aligning everything and that's just that was a really good example of just some very esoteric skill that really has nothing to do with uh you know making art or crafts i guess to first order but of course it's extremely useful i mean if you take something like a 3d printer and you hand it to sort of the traditional scientists they'll make stuff and look at the sizes and get things accurate and talk about reproducing parts and you know, things like that will obsess on things like accuracy and durability and strength, which are incredibly important. If you hand that to an artist, they'll make a, you know, a, a doll or head out of it. It's a planter also, or just something that's just kind of different. And yeah. between those two things, there's actually a lot of, a lot of interesting stuff that happens. And that's where we kind of did kits and things. And we did, along the way, we've done kind of everything. Weirdly, we just, we, we, uh, we also accuse ourselves of not having a very long attention span, but, um, <laughs> At one point, we would take uh, just little wind-up toys you could find in the store and just take them apart. And my parents will uh, definitely vouch. I took every single thing I could get my hands on apart when I was a kid just to I figure, see out that for magic, you. <laughs> figure out the magic. And you know, they they were a lot less fond of that. <laughs> and you know, they opened the drawer and just like everything was just screws and parts. <laughs> it's <laughs> a lot easier to get something apart than together, but bit by bit, uh, they encouraged me to get them back together. And um, so we take like wind up toys apart and then just combine that with like laser cut wood and make funny little wind ups and stuff that, you know, again, have no real actual purpose, but they're wonderful to see, like kind of manifest in the world. And, uh, and I bet we've kind of taken off from there.
0: It's so much fun. And your um, the Instagram for 20 leagues is 20 leagues, um, the number 20. So everyone can go there and check out all of the awesome creations that you have on there and you'll just find yourself scrolling and scrolling and scrolling looking. I, mean, I my, uh, my family, my uh, in-laws, we have this joke where we pass gnomes between each other and I'm looking at your little fancy gnome, fancy plans for in, like, the little gnomes. I was just not gonna spend all of the money we don't have <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. but yeah I mean it's just it's so awesome it's so cute and nice. um, anyone would find something that they would like on there um
1: nice thank you but, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and even that actually we had just uh my wife's studio I was going to start working out of there a little bit her art studio downtown and uh, I we had a plant and I thought well we should put something in there that looks better and I went home and I made this funny thing and it was a giant a picture of our mascot, Jeff, Captain Jules, and cut it out. And as I was walking through town, I was kept thinking, like, oh, I should just put these in planters around town, and just start thinking of all the crazy things, and of course they hit me, like, or, you know, sell it as a product since that's my business. But um, but just that, you know, just that, that kind of opportunity, once you have something like that in your life, like laser cutters, and once you learn that these things are possible, you just start seeing, you know, you start seeing that solution in places. You start solving problems in funny ways. There's an expression that uh, when you have a hammer like a nail. Um, but uh, it's sort of once you sort of learn all the different tools and all things you can do with them then you, you do start just understanding how best to approach and how best to solve a problem however uh, silly it is such as plants are not quite silly enough, for example we solved that problem. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah I mean that I mean, it's a funny it's a funny way of looking at it too but I mean that's what I th- teach my students even sometimes they're like well this isn't really a problem that we're solving i'm like yeah yeah it is just so just like what you said you know solving the problem of wanting to pull little ornaments and plans you know there you go (laughs) and it's it's nice to hear you say it as like the epitome of steam um to hear coming from you because it's like oh yes all right now i can go back and tell my students like yes
1: this is (laughs) true Nice. Yeah, I've always been a little surprised in the steam space. There's often an emphasis on, uh, you know, kind of a kit that builds up. And if they tend to be, you know, very specific to this will prove the notion of propulsion. And, yeah. you know, it, it, and it's like, yeah, but why, why didn't you put googly eyes on that thing? <laughs> Come on, it would be a lot funnier if it looked like a frog racing down the thing. <laughs> you know, just right? take that minute, make it yours, make it something quirky, give it a personality. All that stuff is fun. And it just, it does make it a lot more engaging. I mean, that's a, a common, our product test is basically we make it and we bring it home and we stare at it and we find ourselves still giggling at it and <laughs> we think, okay, people might like this and we and we push it up and try and sell it. So that that tends to be our approach, <laughs> just things that, that, that crack us up. And uh, fortunately, we found uh, enough people to also uh, find us amusing enough that that's kept us going.
0: Yeah, I love it. Nice. Um, all right, Jamie, we have to wrap it up. So um, why don't you tell everyone where to find you and um, where to find your 20 leagues stuff too.
1: Nice. We are 20 um, leagues.com. So L E A G U E S kind of uh, 20,000 leagues, but we we're weren't quite that ambitious. <laughs> um, and uh, so we're 20 leagues.com is our website at 20 leagues on Instagram. And occasionally I tweet, um on uh at 20 leagues or however that works on twitter so i think that's probably the easiest way to find us and if you're in the uh, northwest we're all over the place in all the stores at least the ones that are open right now and um and we uh we're starting to creep out into the east coast and a few stores out there as well so hopefully we uh, continue to push out our funny little brand
0: (laughs) well you'll have to let me know if you come out to uh, the boston area
1: massachusetts Oh, nice. yeah for sure
0: Yeah, in case Uh, you ever want to, you know, visit the area after all this craziness.
1: Uh, That's a hotbed of science, Boston.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, And if anyone wants to get in contact with me, you can find me on Twitter at SteamUpTheCLSRM. You can see my classroom in action on Instagram at SteamUpTheClassroom. And my website is SteamUpTheClassroom.com. Keeping it consistent. (laughs) Um, Jamie, this has been so amazing. I'm so glad that we got to chat and, um, I'm just, I'm ecstatic that I was able to pick your brain. Um, and it's just been something that I've been dying to do ever since I met you on the TV. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so grateful that you took the time to come on the pod and, um, and I hope we can stay in touch.
1: Great. Yeah. STEAM is something I believe in very, very deeply. I would have, you would have been my favorite teacher, almost certainly just by nature of what you taught <laughs> when I was younger.
0: <laughs> well, thank you. Um, all right. And um, to everyone out there, I hope you're all doing okay. And um, hopefully this podcast brought you a little bit of light in all that's going on. So um, thank you so much for listening.
1: Yeah. Great. Thank you. Stay safe. Stay friends. <laughs>